Paul's advice to married couples. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning. We're moving on today in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to be studying verses 1 through 7. And Paul offers some advice for married couples. Now we have to realize, again in context, 1 Corinthians is a letter written to the believers at Corinth, correcting problems that existed within the church. And so some of what Paul is saying here uh, is directly contextual to the situation in Corinth at the time that he wrote the letter. But I think from a broader perspective, the advice that he offers is wise and relevant for married couples today as well. And so uh, we read this passage through the lens of the first century church getting founded in a variety of different areas across the world where those uh, converts to Christianity were struggling to understand how to be Christian in the context of their particular societies and out of their particular uh, prior religious backgrounds. And so um, we start there, but then we say, okay, Lord, Uh, How does your Holy Spirit instruct us to apply these words to our lives today? All right, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word and its good instruction. And we ask that we would have open eyes, open hearts, open minds, so that we might be receptive to what your Spirit teaches us today through your word. Uh, We give you thanks, Lord God, for the institution of marriage. Uh, You are the creator of it, and you intended it to be... um, between one man and one woman for a lifetime. And uh, many of us have had flawed marriages, broken marriages, uh, marriages that were bumpy rides where, for whatever reason, uh, the marriage covenant was not able to survive. And Lord, you've got grace when that happens, and we give you thanks for your grace and mercy in the place of that brokenness. But we pray, Lord God, that we would have open hearts to be understanding of the true call and commitment of marriage, and uh, your word provides solid instruction for that. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verses 1 through 7. This is what Paul writes. Now, for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring... Each man should have sexual relations with his own wife, and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except, perhaps, by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. So Paul goes right into things in this passage, and... um, So he starts out by saying, now for the matters you wrote about. So he's beginning to specifically address the issues that they brought to his attention uh, when they wrote him. And he's saying, 
the very first thing that he says is celibacy is good um, if you have that gift. <laughs> uh, it's good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. In other words, withholding from that right or that desire uh, is a good thing. But in the context of the Corinthian believers, um, verse 2, since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. Now, from Paul's viewpoint, marriage uh, was clearly the call to uh, the covenant between one man and one woman. Um, Paul did not have another concept of marriage, and the biblical uh, priority is on a covenant between one man and one woman. So if we are looking to be biblical Christians about the issue of marriage, we have to agree that marriage, from the Bible's perspective, is viewed as a covenant between one man and one woman for a lifetime. Paul's uh, view here is one that uh, the church has historically held, and it provides the safe context in which a man and woman can express their sexuality without the threat of um, uh, sexually transmitted diseases or the emotional pain of inviting other partners into the relationship. And so this is part of the protective hub that the marriage covenant provides. It's a lifetime of love between one man and one woman. Uh, Paul goes on in verses uh, 3 and 4 to say, uh, the husband and wife do not have sole authority over their own bodies. They've become one flesh with their spouse, and they submit, uh, they yield their body to their spouse. The husband yields his body to his wife, and the wife to her husband. Um, you've given yourselves to each other. And in the biblical teaching about marriage, the two shall become one flesh. They're no longer solely uh, their own. They belong to each other. And uh, in verse 5, Paul talks about not depriving each other of sexual intimacy, using sex as a weapon, which we see happening in plenty of marriages. Uh, where if one or the other party is not uh, doing just exactly what the other one wants them to do, uh, they weaponize sex and keep it from that person as a way of punishing them for not being just the way they want them to be. And Paul says that's not right. He says don't deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent. In other words, you've agreed to uh, a fast from sexual intimacy and for a time, a season, a period of time that you've also agreed to, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. So if you're struggling in some aspect of your marriage and you want to take a break from sexual intimacy, you should agree to it together. It should be for a, a discernible period of time and for the purpose of praying through your issues so that you can come together again at the right time um, so Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Basically, Paul is saying if you withhold sex from your mate and there is no reason, there's no purpose, you didn't agree to it, you're opening the door for Satan to tempt one of the married partners uh, to look for sex outside of the marriage because you're depriving them of it. 
uh, and they don't understand why. And so uh, Paul's very clear on when married partners take a sabbatical from sexual intimacy. Uh, It should be done together uh, for an agreed to amount of time for the purpose of praying uh, and seeking insight and wisdom through whatever issue it is you're struggling with. Um, I've seen plenty of couples weaponize the issue of sex uh, to their own destruction and discouragement, and that is absolutely not what Paul is getting at here. And so in verse 6, he says, I'm not commanding you to this, but I'm saying to do this as a concession. Paul says, ultimately, I wish that you were all as I am. In other words, Paul was celibate. He was not engaging in sexual relations with anyone. He was choosing to put that on the shelf for the sake of living out God's call on his life, the purpose of God in his life, which was to be a missionary to the world, uh, founding churches and places all over the world where the gospel was having impact. Uh, he was a missionary of the gospel, an evangelist, and he was able to set aside his right to, um, to participate sexually um, for the sake of uh, Christ and his church. But he says, I realize that not all of you have the gift of celibacy. Each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another another has that. And so the gift of celibacy is a good thing for those who have it. Uh, It allows that person to have just extreme focus on their purpose in Christ. Um, And uh, it's a true gift to be able to set that aside and not engage in sexual intimacy with one's mate. Uh, usually the celibate are not engaged in dating relationships. And so setting that aside is easier when your focus is God's purpose for your life. And that's what Paul advocates um, as the highest (laughs) uh, stance on this whole issue of sexuality. But he realizes that not everyone has that gift of celibacy. All in all, I think Paul's advice here for married couples is solid and relevant. Um, Certainly there are contextual aspects to this teaching in that uh, sexual immorality was rampant in the Corinthian church and Paul was trying to help correct that wrong so that uh, it would not become a distraction from the Corinthian believers' growth and grace uh, so that their faith could take off and their discipleship journey uh, could grow strong without that distraction. All right, my friends, isn't it amazing how God's Word is so relevant and uh, timely about every topic under the sun? Thanks for taking time out of your day to study with me, and uh, we'll look forward to getting back to it tomorrow. God bless.